He's a doctor. Hi, I'm Dr. Dobex, and she's a dietitian. Hey, I'm Hannah Schuyler, and together we are the, the Doctor Dietitian Collab. And we're back live here yes. with video. I, I'm loving this. I am too. It's so we're, good. I don't know if we can ever go back. We're not. So you guys get to see <laughs> us. We you get to see us in our um our uniforms oh, yeah. here. So the merch is being worn and all of that I good know. stuff. And we are today going to be watching a video of a gastric bypass, mm -hmm. a laparoscopic root and why gastric bypass. It is confusing. Yes. I think it's it's confusing for I mean, you you said it's, it feels confusing to you too. Yeah. I feel like. Oh yeah. It's so. If you watched last week, we did the sleeve, and that is like pretty straightforward. You go, you snip, snip, pull, close up. You're good to go. Yeah. This one, we've got two anastomoses. Oh, look anastomoses. at Anastomoses. Anastomoses. Yes. Two oh. anastomoses. Oh my goodness. We've got a lot more movement there's counting there's all sorts of stuff counting's yeah. the hardest part obviously um <laughs> kind of is yeah. actually well yeah I we'll mean... show you we'll get there but yeah. um there's a lot more it's longer so the, the sleeve was like 20 i think the one we showed you last week was like 18 minutes this is like over 50 minutes so it's a lot longer yep but still awesome still safe all of that good jazz um and this is your jump scare warning we are about to show you <laughs> live surgery so if you are on youtube and watching this and you're like oh, i don't really want to see that you can listen along uh in your favorite podcast app yes that's true right. so here we go we without further ado started. it's time for the gastric okay. bypass so settle in buckle up because like here she said go. it's going to be about an hour all right so this is an unedited gastric bypass did not stop it at all no. this is from the exact beginning and so what i'm doing is i'm going to create the lower connection first okay. so this is going to be the jejunojejunostomy or the jj anastomosis so the first thing i was doing just now was i was finding where the intestine it goes from being retroperitoneum or or towards the back to being intraperitoneum mm -hmm. and that transition is where the small intestine goes from being the duodenum to being the jejunum so I'm, I'm starting at the first part of the jejunum and I'm counting down from the ligament of trites and I'm counting down 70 centimeters. Yes. So, and I have to arrange when you were just saying like, oh, the counting is the hardest part. This is actually, this is really tricky um, to maneuver the intestines and get them to lay and splay out exactly as you, you want, want them. them. Yeah. So it is um, a little tricky um, and with all of that sort of thing. And so I want to point out to begin here while, so here comes the old stapler and I'll explain that in a second, but these are little um, neurovascular um, lymphatic kind of um, little cascades here, like these little areas. And so okay. we, we at our program have patients do two days of clear liquids and those two days of clear liquids really just let the body like shrink the liver and everything. Now, if you decide to cheat, your lymphatics will be very, very white. Did I ever uh, tell you that? Uh-uh, I didn't know that. So I can tell if you cheat. I'm like, Santa, yeah. I know if you've been bad or good. <laughs> so I can tell right off because I'll see like the lymphatics like really lighting up white. I'm like, oh my gosh, they've been eating regular food uh, and they shouldn't have been. So that allows like the intestines to really like calm down there. Okay, so on the screen left over here, this is now going to be the blind end of the biliopancreatic limb. Okay. And on the right is going to be the rue limb or the part that's going to go up to the top and make the gastrojejunostomy or the GJ anastomosis. It's going to get attached to the bottom of your stomach. Exactly. So Look at you. 
Exactly. And so this mesentery here, the mesentery is the fat that's in the middle here. This is what houses all the blood supply to these small intestines. And so I always have to um, open that up a little bit more so that this piece that I'm putting a suture on right now will reach that stomach pouch. Mm -hmm. And so I have to, as you can tell, everything kind of looks the same in the intestine. Uh -huh. And so I'm putting this marking stitch on the part that will be going up to the gastrojejunostomy and anastomosis because I, A, don't want to make a ruin O. Right. Which a ruin O, so a ruin Y, it looks like the letter Y, where the food and drink will mix up where the, where the digestive juices are. And at that Y connection, that's where digestion and absorption occurs. Right. And so that means your mouth is connected to your anus. If I made a ruin O, it would be like making just an O and that would not have that straight part to go to your anus. Yeah. So that would be horrible. Yes. Um, and so I'm going to do a lot of checks and balances to make sure that I'm connecting the right end to the right end. Believe yeah. it or not, that is, um, it can be a little bit confusing. Yeah. So I just marked that and that, that stitch will also act as a handle. Right. As it you goes on. to like pull it yep. up. To, to sort of mix it to do it there. So okay. my assistant, she's the one that's now holding that blind end. It's called the biliopancreatic limb. It just means that's the limb that she's holding, that blind end there, is where all of the digestive juices are going to be coming down from the bypass stomach, from the first part of the small intestine, the duodenum, from those first 70 centimeters of jejunum. Uh -huh. And so now what I'm doing is this is the part that I'm making it malabsorptive. In other words, I'm counting down 100 centimeters since this patient's BMI is less than 50. But if your BMI is greater than 50, then I do a rue limb that is 150 centimeters to give you a little bit more malabsorption and in theory, a little bit more weight loss. Okay. And so we're counting this down and I'm telling her, all right, drop that, hold right here. Like she gave her a little yeah. nudgy nudge. Then I'm telling her, lift your hand up, lift it up. I'm going to tell her to lift it up because I know I wouldn't be satisfied with that. There you go. So she just lifted <laughs> that up. And now I'm intentionally making a enterotomy or basically a hole in the anti-mesenteric or the side that's opposite this yellow mesentery down here. Okay. I'm making a um, a hole opposite that for the um, the white stapler to go into here. So there we go. So I open it up, yeah. and now you can see I'm inside there. Yeah. And now I need to make a enterotomy or a hole on the side about mm, a few centimeters back from the blind end because I have to have a stapler that's going to go in both directions. It's a bidirectional firing. Mm. I wonder if people are finding this interesting. I. I it's so interesting because I was saying on the last one, like, I've watched these, but I'm never, like, dialed into it like this. So, okay, and it's not like it's being explained. So, I think it's really interesting because... Because okay. I'm, like, reciting an yeah. and I'm getting into it. And I'm like, oh, okay, I did that yeah. perfectly anti-mesenteric. Um, I'm like, it just slow me like, down if it's a Yeah, bad. right? Okay. No, it's it's cool. So, I think what I can help, though, is is explain, okay, so this is the tube on the right here. This is coming from the bottom of the stomach. Yeah, it's going to attach further down in the intestine and create one of those connections. So that's exactly. what you're doing here with the stapler. If you want to explain what the stapler does exactly. here. So this stapler is basically making two things become one. Okay. So I am stapling together the biliopancreatic limb to the rule limb. So basically I'm making sure that the food and drink, or at least where the food and drink will go down, that lumen or that mm -hmm. part of the small intestine will meet up with the part that's making the juices. Right. So that, this is the Y connection where those yeah. two things will meet. So this, you can tell here, this connection is where digestion and absorption will begin we'll to occur. 
because this is the first time that the the juices and all of that are really just meeting right. up with food like they normally are. Because the stomach in all of this, it's not like in the, the sleeve where we're taking something out. The stomach is still in here and that bigger part of the stomach that we're bypassing is going to produce all of those digestive juices like it normally would. And that's where they're going to come is just further down as opposed to coming up top right at the bottom you of got your it. stomach exactly yeah. because when even with the sleeve remember your anatomy is exactly the same right so food will enter your stomach and if the right. sleeve something is just smaller just but then smaller. it goes right on through the pylorus and into that yeah. duodenum and all of that sort of stuff and so um in this one there's a y and we'll definitely include pictures of a kind yeah. of a cartoon image of the gastric bypass so you can see that lower connection again looking like that letter y yeah okay so what i'm doing right now is there that crotch of the staple i'm just reinforcing the crotch here with this little stitch and i'm going to i it, it looks like i'm struggling a little bit because i'm using a bowel grasper to to tie it but i always do that for um it's a long story but anyway um and so what i'm going to do here is i'm going to use this as a handle to kind of manipulate things but also just to re uh, reinforce that end of that where the staple line is all right so at this point i'm going to take another suture i'm going to have my assistant hold this up here and then i'm going to take another suture and um kind of estimate where the other um, kind of crotch will end up. So I'm just going to use this as another handle. So you can see this is sort of like what we call a side to side connection because mm -hmm. it's not blend ends. It's like the side of the intestines are meeting up. Exactly. But like this. Yep. And I'm going to go both directions. And so this way I, this anastomosis will be 60 millimeters one way. I already fired that. Okay. And now I'm going to whip it around and I'm going to go the other direction. So okay. it's bi-directional, another 60 millimeters the other way. And so that makes it 120 millimeters um, wide open, which is good because I used to just fire one direction, just okay. 60, not the full 120. And then I had somebody, a couple of people actually that got, would get broccoli. It seemed to be like a food bezoar or oh. basically like broccoli would get stuck at the JJ. Yeah. And so it was, it, it was partially a technical issue um, that I made it a little bit too tight. So now I'm like, since I've done this, this has made it really just wide open. Yeah. So now you can see I'm, I'm slipping in the other way and that went on so perfect. You want it to really just oh, slide yeah. on. You like, didn't have to um, adjust it at all. No, that was, that was super good. And then again, with these staplers, if you didn't watch the sleeve, we wait 15 seconds mm -hmm. for it to just really compress out any edema or just basically allows just adequate tissue compression and just really allows those staples again to hit their bucket to form the letter from that rigid U to that letter B letter again. B. And so then you can see that that's been fired. And then there we go. So voila, that looks good as well. And now I'm going to use this now that I know exactly where the crotch is. And I used that previously estimated stitch. And I'm going to put a stitch in the crotch of where that blind end is what I'm holding. Uh, the BP limb. That's its nickname. There's a lot of nicknames. There are. It sounds, you know, it makes it sound like we're very smart with the, the Billy yeah. Pancreatic Limb Anastomosis yeah. and Anastomosing with the Rue Limb where together they'll become the common channel is what it's called after that. Yeah. But anyway, naturally. naturally, that's what there will be here. a quiz afterwards. We should quiz people. Yeah. I bet you, honestly, some of our patients do so much research. Oh, yeah. They probably yeah. could tell you all about these yeah. different connections and all of that. And while I'm suturing here, um, I just wanted you to denote that this right here, this okay. is the colon, is the transverse oh, yeah. colon. And um, this patient 
has to fart a little bit probably oh. pretty soon. There's a lot of gas. Lot of gas so all, that's a fart in the making before it turns the bend. And that's why sometimes you'll get like that left lower quadrant pain. That's like right before right. that gas bubble kind of oh. like makes the descent down into the colon. So it has to go across and then down on the left side of your body. Yeah. All right. So now obviously I cannot leave this big gaping hole here. <laughs> why not? <laughs> That's not compatible with life, no. my friends. So we really don't want that. You would get very sick very fast if I left yeah. a hole this size. If there's a little hole, then that would be a leak. Um, and that typically takes about five to seven days to be clinically significant or for you to have some symptoms. Okay. But um, a big, big hole would make you very sick very fast, meaning your heart would, rate would go up. You get febrile. You have severe stabbing pain, not just gas pressure or pains. You would know that there's something severely yeah. wrong because the abdomen does not like things from that dirty GI tract to leak out into that sterile abdominal cavity. So now I'm going to staple this off and I'm going to use yet another stapler here to, um, to dissect this, um, all the way off here. And so I want to stay right underneath where that hole is so that ultimately there's going to be a rim of the outside of the intestine, 360 degrees around that hole. So it's basically like, I want to make sure that I get that margin, um, perfectly um around there so you can see like this is mucosa or the inside of the intestine Mm -hmm. and this is serosa or the outside of the intestine and so i want to make sure that there's all serosa i don't see any budding mucosa because that's the inside and i should not see that shouldn't see it okay so i'm going to staple this off and then um we just throw this away we don't send it for pathology or specimen because it's just healthy normal intestine so there's nothing um to do there 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 it gets stapled. I love the way it like it like it like juices out. I I love it because I'm like you're oh, the only one good. that loves it. No, it's, it's very 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 good. Look at that. Yep, and I need to use one more stapler. Um, just because I pro- I probably could cut that right there. See, I'm looking at it and I'm like, mm. but again, that could maybe if I pulled that or just cut that, there might be a hole. So I'm going to use one more firing here. But as you can see, you can see the difference between the mucosa uh-huh. and the serosa. And I'm just kind of looking at that right now while the, the um, nursing team, I'm not used to using two there. So they have to, they have to open Loading that up and they're loading yeah. it, they're cleaning it, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. You need to show a picture of your, I know you put one on, on the other day of like the whole setup of your tray, because like this oh, thing yeah. is like meticulous. She has a way of, oh yeah. Uh, the same 10 features. Mm-hmm. I use nine and number 10 is just in case I need to throw a stitch and it's ready at the ready. Yeah. And I even have them neurotically marked at six inches, seven inches, eight inches, and nine inches. Mm-hmm. So in the dark, if I say I need it at seven, they'll just cut off two of it so that they know that it's nine and they'll just okay. cut off two inches and then there I don't have go. to wait. So there it is. That's a beautiful anastomosis. That's wide open. I love the way that it looks. And then I just pulled this whole thing out and it comes out with the needle. I tell the um, the scrub tech to be careful and to check it just to make sure there's that 360 ring. And there we go. All right. So now I'm going to check yet again to make sure that this is a ruin Y. So I make sure that that stitch is right there. And then I'm going to trace this all the way back and make sure that this goes into that JJ anastomosis. So I just make sure that everything is lined up um, there nicely. She has great mesentery, great anatomy. Oh, it's so nice in there. Look at that. For this patient, you know who you are. Look how beautiful you are on the inside as well as out. I mean that. You really are. (laughs) So my assistant's going to hold this suture. 
and um, she'll hold up on that. And now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna use a permanent suture here. This is called Effa Bond. And you see here, as I'm making that movement, I did that because I knew we were videoing. <laughs> so I, um, I did that motion because that is showing you a potential internal hernia defect. Okay. Did you ever really understand that whole thing whenever I... Yeah, because it's like, okay, so there's like a hole in this mesentery. Okay, I'm pointing yeah. and you okay, here you go. Yeah. Take the mouse. Okay. I know, it's because I like pointing. So this right here, that's the mesentery. That's like the fat, right? Exactly. And it's open. And so what can happen is this intestine can like through there. Yeah. And then you would have like, it could like clamp... Um, clamp it like this or something exactly where it'd be folded like twist or, or twisted or do something and that is no bueno so you throw a stitch in there and that keeps that little hole closed so then it can't like sloop through there so good i yes. used only technical terms well it's true you don't want sloopage yes homage that uh -huh. would be bad mm -hmm. very very bad so i'm purse stringing this together so i'm basically like that that area i showed you yeah the intestines could get go there and then kind of get stuck or incarcerated yeah. and then i would it would take another operation to fix it yeah. that happens about one in every 1000 bypasses that we do okay. so it's very very rare and so this is just going to basically as you can see that whole potential right. space is like obliterated clothes now and so i use these permanent sutures so even if i were to come back in the abdomen i would see this green at the bonds okay. um and this is the here and one other internal hernia potential defect which we'll do at the very end of the case are the only two places where i um use a, a permanent suture because the okay. suture even that she's holding right here that white um undyed vicryl right here uh -huh. vicryl is absorbable so if you went back in pretty soon after surgery you wouldn't see that it'd anymore be gone. it'd be gone so it's that marking stitch would be gone soon but the green will remain there you go and, and they may i'm assuming that's why they make it green so you can see it Yes, and then there's also dyed vicryl, which is absorbable, which is purple. And I'm going to use one purple dyed stitch okay. coming up here fairly soon. All right, so now what I'm going to do is I'm changing the positioning of the table. So you're going to see like everything start to fall. So right now I'm having the anesthesiologist move the table from being flat on your back, which by the way, guys, is why your backs might hurt sometimes because you're just flat. Yeah. And you never lay just flat like on Holy your back. And, it like, really hurts. Your arms out like this. Exactly. Like... And so now that we're moving the bed, and so now you're standing up. You see how everything's kind of like shifting, okay. kind of like falling with gravity down towards your feet yep. or towards the pelvis. And that's, um, I need to get up under there. And so um, I have to change the position of the bed. And again, I need at least, at least to do bariatrics, 30 degrees of articulation of the bed. Okay. So the more, the better. If I could take it, I would love it to be like, completely just standing. standing oh i would love that but oh you might slide off and all that yeah. but we have a footboard on so yeah, you're not you're, gonna slide you're off not gonna slide off you're you're safe so yeah she's not actually taking you up to like frankenstein's monster level no <laughs> i wish i could but i don't i just keep you at 30 like 31 degrees some beds 32 degrees and then um and i can tell if it's at 30 or 31 degrees like oh you can I can totally tell by the way the footboard looks and the, I can just yeah. tell by the angle. But anyway, um, so right now what I'm doing is I'm dividing her omentum. Okay. So omentum, this yellow, of course, is fat. And so the omentum is the fatty apron that everybody has, regardless of your size, that covers your intestines. Mm -hmm. And as if you have a lot of intra-abdominal visceral fat, this omentum can be very thick and yeah. heavy and challenging to maneuver and very friable where it just like crumbles and rips and bleeds and is just in 
just very inflammatory. And so that's why I believe that our patients who really struggle with their weight have a lot more like autoimmune conditions, Uh such as rheumatoid arthritis. It's It's a proven fact. And so it's, one of those things where you might not think it because your body's sort of attacking itself, but it has a lot to do with fat and its inflammatory yeah. properties. Well, and that's what, you know, a lot of people used to think fat was so benign. And it, it's really, it's not, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not at all. And I wanted to point out here, this um, patient has a hiatal hernia. Oh. Yeah, let me let me back it up for like, let me back it up 10 seconds here. Um. Okay, so there we go. Okay, so I'm going to lift up. Her liver is beautiful, by the way. Um, So this right here is the stomach. Yeah. And then here, this is the diaphragm. Okay. And look at this. She has a, you see that hole? Yeah. So that normally you wouldn't see that, that dimpling into that. Uh-huh. And so she has a little hiatal hernia um, here where some of her stomach and the base of her esophagus are supposed to be in her abdominal cavity, uh-huh. but they have herniated or gone above it and are now um, just a little bit into her chest. Okay. She has a, a sliding one. If I were doing a sleeve, I would I would dissect that out 360 and, and fix that, but you're gonna see that I'm gonna do a little bit and just by her having, um, by doing the gastrogen ostomy, it sort of anchors that into the abdomen Pulls or anchors it down. it down. And so I didn't violate her hiatus um, on this one, which maybe would be controversial a little bit, but I, I think that she's going to have tremendous results in terms of her acid reflux improvement. Yeah. Again, even the way she is in the recovery room, it's going to be that that quick. So this right here, this is a liver retractor that I use. Um, I use this little thing um, with just a little needle so that my patients don't have an extra incision. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the only people that uses this in the country. So most patients will have a five millimeter incision at the very base of their chest bone. Okay. And that's, of course, where women will wear a bra and right. it rubs and it, and it's always annoying and it's kind of a, sometimes a moist area, if you will. And so oh, yeah. it can have a lot of break. I don't like that incision. So anyway, if you have surgery with me, you only have four incisions instead of five or six as some other surgeons do as well. So right now we are up at the angle of his and I am taking down um, some of these fatty attachments because I'm going to use a stapling device that's going to pop in there to make that little thumb sized gastric pouch. So I'm doing a little bit of um, pre-work before I, I get up there and finish it off. So I clean it off from the top before I clean it off from the bottom. Okay. So it just makes it easier. Here. Oh, this is the spleen. You can oh, really see yeah. that. Yes, you can see. So this is the diaphragm. You see the muscles of the diaphragm again. Okay. This over here is the left cruce of the diaphragm or the musculature around the hiatus where the esophagus comes um, from the uh, chest cavity into the abdominal cavity. And you can see that that, um, that dimpling has, just by releasing that little bit of fat there, that's really come back into the abdomen nice. But you can see your spleen. Some spleens are huge. This spleen is... Um, probably a moderate size spleen, um, means nothing. It's inconsequential. But again, if it's enlarged, you can see why splenic blunt trauma, why this could be an issue. Cause it sits yeah. right there against that abdominal wall. All right. So now you're doing something over here. Yes. Not distracted by the spleen. I was just staring at the spleen. Um, yeah, there's a lots of rules of surgery and one of them is to stay away from the pancreas and the spleen. Uh-huh. They're non-forgiving. All right. So right. What I'm doing right now is I'm going to make the, um, the, the gastric pouch 
And so I have to start on the, the medial or the, the um, internal side of the stomach here along the lesser curvature. Mm-hmm. And I am just trying to enter that interface between the fats where there's a lot of blood vessels and things um, where, with my left hand and what I'm grabbing and pulling to the left. And then on that stomach that my assistant is um, pulling to the right. So I'm entering, I'm kind of separating these two out. Okay. This is technically probably one of the har- harder parts of the case, believe it or not. It's just really hard to get in that perfect plane. You could be off of it and then get into some bleeding, um, yeah. which is no big deal. But then it, once you once it bleeds, it just stains the tissue plane. So then it's like a lot harder yeah. to think. So, so my, you're not going into the stomach yet? No, okay. no, no, no. I'm definitely not going into the stomach. It's like... Um, no, I'm trying to get behind the stomach. You see there's some blood vessels there, but there's going to be a free spot. It's called the lesser sac. And so I'm about to pop in. Um, and then you're going to see on the other side. Now I'm behind the stomach. And so I'm asking anesthesia right now, is there anything in the stomach? Um, because I'm about to get a stapler and I'm going to staple across the stomach here. Okay. And I don't want to inadvertently staple in a tube yeah, of any type. That um, would be not good. Not good. I did that one time and it wasn't fun, um, but I fixed it and the patient did awesome. And she's um, never done it again. <laughs> and I've never done it again. I did it and it was crazy. I did it like at nine years in and I was like, I didn't even think it was possible because I thought I would feel it uh-huh. when it was clamped in the stapler because you have that tactile feedback. Yeah. But I didn't, but it was fine. I just had to make the patient had it's a very small um, stomach pouch. I just had to cut it out above it, but fun times. But anyway, <laughs> so what I'm doing right now is I'm going to staple across about 35 to 40 millimeters across. Okay. So I'm I'm firing so transversely. not going all the way. Oh, you can see it. Like, yeah. Come up, uh, like the staples like came up yes. there. Yes. Yes. Because that's not on tissue. It's not on tissue. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm using that. And then there you go. So I stapled across. Now I'm going to get a, another 60 blue stapler and I'm going to make vertical firing. So I, okay. I think this is the most remarkable part of the case. I just want you guys to see all this stomach down here, all of this and all of this over here to the screen, right? Uh-huh. All of that's going to be bypassed. That's a bypassed stomach. So, so the, what you're holding in your left hand is the stomach like pouch. Exactly. So I'm making this little it's pouch here. It's going to be, listen, a little, um, little foreshadowing. This pouch is so cute. So cute. <laughs> this patient is going to be, she is so, such a cute person. I just love this patient. Um, and she, um, and she's going to have the, tremendous What's the result. BMI on this? Her one? BMI is only 35. Okay. So she is at the lowest end of what we do. So yeah. it goes from BMI 35 to, um, I mean, I do, I have no limit on BMI. So if your BMI yeah. is over a hundred, I would love to take care of you. So, yeah. um, that is no issue. So what anesthesia is doing now, you can kind of see it. They're pushing down that sizing tube. So it's okay. a 32 French and you can see that sizing tube pushing yeah. against the end of the stomach. And now I'm going to have my assistant just pull out a little bit to the right so that I don't have any retained. I want it perfectly 32, 32. I want it like long and skinny. Does that and mean like that? French, 32 French. French. Um, I asked once what that exactly not millimeters though, right? No, no, it's not in millimeters. I am going to put a stapler that joins the anastomosis and I put that to about 40 millimeters. Okay. So the, the circle around will be about 40 millimeters, which is not that far off from the diameter of the esophagus and the small intestine. So everything is kind of the same is the way I like to think about it. Okay. So you can see it truly looks like kind of like a thumb here. Yeah. Coming it does. at you. And again, all of this is bypassed. 
And so what I'm doing is I'm going underneath the stomach here and okay. I am going to um, just take some of this fat off and get in the plane. And then where I'm going to pop through on the other side. And that's why I did that work on the top uh -huh. so that whenever I come up, I'll be able to just slide right into this beautiful tunnel that I already kind of created okay. half of it. And now I'm doing the other half. And so now I have to be very careful in this area, the splenic artery and the splenic vein. Those are big, big, big vessels um, sit right underneath this. So I have to stay very close to the stomach so that I don't inadvertently injure anything. And there's these little tiny little annoying blood vessels back here um, that I just need to just just cauterize with this. This is a harmonic energy device. So it's it's actually vibrating is how oh. it does its heat. So it's not a cautery device um, per se. Um, it's an ultrasonic dissector. And so it's it's going um, extraordinarily fast and that's what generates the heat. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yep. And so then you can see the muscle, that's the, the hiatus of the diaphragm. And you can see that hole right there. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm going to put the stapler right through there. And it's going to pop out on that other end. Okay. Okay. So now I'm, I'm making sure that I kind of in my blind eye there or in my mind's eye rather, I'm going to go right into that and then, oh. Wow, that went so nice, so so nice. Some patients have thicker livers, and so th this this part is also very technically challenging, just to like shimmy it in there so perfectly. If you have the liver, which can be thick and heavy, and kind of um, pushing down, yeah. and you don't you might not have much working room. And then this patient also um, previously had an abdominoplasty, so there is a little bit less of um, expansion mm. of the abdominal wall from the CO2 gas okay. um, with it, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't yeah. really bad at all. Okay, so now I am using that stapler. It's a blue firing, 60 millimeters, and you can see that those two must be completely separated. Yes. Now, some patients um, have a... I've never had one knock on one in my career where... Patients can experience something called a gastrogastric fistula. Oh, yeah. And that's if the pouch wasn't completely divided from the bypass stomach. And so there's a connection or a fistula between the pouch and the bypass stomach. Mm. So all that acid, you saw how much stomach there is? All that acid goes up through the connection into the pouch. And then you it's almost impossible for ulcers to heal with all that acid oh, yeah. that's um, swarming over there. Because that little pouch is right up against the small intestine, which uh -huh. is a basic environment, and it's not used to the acidic gastric, acid. so it would be too much acid. All right, so now, finally, I'm bringing up that previously placed stitch. This is going to be the rue limb. It's going to be connecting that thumb size to the small intestine to make that anastomosis. And so I'm just making sure everything looks good there. And now I'm going to take a dyed or purple stitch vicryl, and I'm going to put it on the side of this rue limb here. Okay. And I am uh, going to put this here and then um, sew this. And then I already have the scrub tech there. Awesome. Um, this surgery was performed at Millennia Surgery Center. And a big shout out if you guys are still watching it, even though you yeah, watch right? it in real time. I don't know if you're, you're yeah, going to watch right? it twice, but um, amazing, amazing, amazing team there. And they, um, they put this um, slip knot here, which I'm just going to, you're, you got to see it, uh, how it, this thing works here. All right. So what I'm doing now is I'm going to go on the back side of that thumb size pouch, the posterior side, and I am going to get just the, uh, a perfect, about a centimeter bite here, um, where I am going to make these two things connect or come together. So the reason why I initially had to divide some of the mesentery is because this can be on tension. So I have to make sure that this thing kind of goes up. And that's why we cleared the path of the momentum so that it's like a free and clear path for this to come right up. up. So you saw that knot slip down. Yep. So um, that was pretty slick on their part. 
And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to make these two things um, come together. And you just slide your little knot down. Slide my little knot down. Um, and so then smart. there we go. And I'm making these two things come together here. And then she's going to get a Maryland and she's going to hold that. Um, it's a type of, um, it's just a finer tipped uh, type of uh, grasper that she can hold that. And then I'm going to take a white stitch on the other side, undyed Vicryl, and I'm going to align up the other side so that these two things can be connected together. I just wonder where like the names come from. Like, why is it called a Maryland? Well, fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> it was created at the University of Maryland. Ah. And it's, um, it's, I think one of the, it's, it's one of the best things. And actually some of the people I work with when I was at GBMC, um, they were part of the team that was part of the research and development, oh, okay. um, to make in that. the late nineties, early two thousands when that came out. So, nice. um, are those the ones with the little lobster? That's that, this one right here. Is that a Maryland? No, no. this is the Maryland is the over Maryland. there. Okay. Yeah. So that's the Maryland. This is the one that's like right and left. This is the right and left, but like the, the, the right grass, the right handed, um, needle driver, the tips curved to the left. Right. So it trips everybody up, but it is, um, this instrument is by Carl Stortz. And isn't it funny how they put their name on the instrument so that when yeah. you're doing laparoscopic videos, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, there's there. You'll see also on the Ethicon, like when you see it, like so for marketing purposes. Yeah, that's why these are all branded. labeled. They're all branded, all labeled. And um, I love my Carl Stewart's, um needle drivers like they're that's my that's the ultimate best thing, even much better just, than Maryland. They just look like little like claws to me. I know so they are in my mind. I know, and <laughs> this is called intracorporeal suturing, and um, I do it laparoscopic, which is actually a pretty technically challenging um technique. A lot of surgeons can't do it, so when you can't do it, you'll use like the robot, for example. Mm. Um, and so I don't, I don't need to use a robot, so I I don't do it. It takes a little bit longer. Um, nothing wrong with a robot. Nothing yeah. wrong with surgeons who use a robot. Great surgeons, awesome surgeons, but I um. But they'll tell you that it's, you know, so much better, but it's actually much more efficient. You can see if you know how to suture um, yeah. laparoscopically. All right. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to um, make a gastrotomy or I'm making a hole um, intentionally into the backside underside here of that gastric pouch. And I did not set myself up very well. That was, that was a difficult angle to do it. Normally I have it like kind of blousing out at me but that but it ultimately it went perfect there and so i'm making a gastrotomy on the underside of the gastric pouch and now i'm going to spread and I make sure the word harmonic disappears um so that's how i know that oh, it's okay. in there perfect and then i'm going to make it on this anti-mesenteric side of the um rue limb and this is also a why it's called a candy cane because this tip over here is sort of like the hook of the candy cane and then this will go straight down like this. So sometimes okay. these candy canes can, um, if the food preferentially goes and sits on the candy cane side, oh yeah, they could um, get some nausea and it can just feel like this weird fullness. And yeah. so about three times I've gone in and resected the candy cane tip. Okay. That's pretty rare, but it can be, if you have no other signs and causes for chronic abdominal pain, fullness, yeah. nausea, it could be you do an upper GI swallow study, you see the contrast pulling into the candy cane tip here. Okay. Which she's holding up right now so this should not see food it should go straight down, down and not sit over here so she is bringing that up so that i can slip these on like pants that went so nice yeah. and i'm going to pull it back to about 40 millimeters okay oh that's nice it has the oh yeah it has the marks on, marks there. on there yeah there's no guessing here it's all i make sure that it's precisely yeah. exactly as i want it 
I didn't mention it, but I had um, the anesthesi anesthesiologist pull that tube back four inches so that it's in the esophagus so that I don't have the tube right. um, within um, the staple firing as well. So I'm happy with the way this is lining up. She's freezing there. And I'm going to um, put a stitch on this side so that it is a tension reducing stitch. She has no tension. She's fine, but I do it every time, no matter no matter what. Yeah. So then you can see they're firing. Um, you'll see them again. Mm -hmm. um, there they are. You can see little staplers, staples. And now I'm going to get a, a six inch white and I'm going to um, go ahead and, and put this um, tension reducing stitch there while she holds it steady for me up there. Okay. So how's this going? It's good. It's it's crazy because like just having come off the doing the sleeve, this one is more complicated. I do understand why people would be like more hesitant to get this surgery because as a non-surgeon, you're like, what what is happening? Yeah, like, like there's just so much. But to 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 help people like yes, but this is what she does. Like, and this is what any surgeon does is they know how to do these procedures. And yeah. while yes, it's technically more complicated, that's why you have all these checks and things. So, you know, she's holding on to that because you know, it's the right thing and you understand the anatomy and how everything is going to go and how we prevent some of those like surgical complications. Oh yeah. Um, and then I think this is also just a good example of, of showing why, bypass can cause much more weight loss because a in the pouches you know it is that little thumb right there but then b you're also going so far down in the intestine to cause that malabsorption exactly and as long as you're compliant with your multivitamin and calcium yeah. citrate you're we used to think that if you would bypass a lot of intestine that you get more malabsorption and that would be more weight loss, but it was just resulting in some, some issues. So I'm checking the backside here. So there's always like a little hole there. And I just want to make sure that everything looks um, airtight here. And I'm going to do another checks and balance at the end there, but yeah. that looks, um that looks really good. Now I'm going to hand sew this hole closed, but yeah, I mean, back to, you know, your thoughts on the bypass versus sleeve. Um, yeah. I mean, even as a surgeon, what I like to do an 18 minute, you know, sleeve. sleeve. Yeah. Like, sure. I always say like, we, it's like ready to slide. Yeah. It's just like staple, staple, staple. There you go. We're all good. But I really, um, you know, I just, I really, I, I loved, I'm in love with a gastric bypass. Yeah. I, I just, I really, I mean, I have, I'm having well, a love affair with it. I well, think. I mean, you, you do a lot of them. I mean, I think percentage wise you do more, I'm sure than a lot of people. And some people yeah. just do mm -hmm. sleeves. Like they, their offices that just do sleeve a sleeve or maybe they do some other balloons or bands exactly. or stuff like that but they don't touch the bypass um but it's i think it's because you also know the side effect like the the gird is such a big one with the sleeve that you know yeah really is it's it's a, a lot i mean yeah. i do a lot of revisions and next week we are going to be doing a sleeve to gastric bypass revision video yeah. And, um, and we're going to be watching it and explaining it and, you know, all the good stuff for that one yeah. as well. Um, but you can tell that that the pylorus with the sleeve video, if you guys saw that, mm -hmm. that was at the end of the stomach. And again, that's the culprit for things. When it closes, it causes things to reflux right. or be driven or pressurized back up. And then this one, you can see food goes right through the hiatus of the diaphragm into this thumb sized pouch mm -hmm. directly down into the small intestine. Right. And then it will ultimately meet up with those bypass juices down at that Y connection. Right. 
100 or to 150 centimeters downstream. Yeah. So you can see how this one, um, I mean, this looks very, very neat and just, you know, how it kind of all like connects up and, yeah. um, I mean, I want like a 3d like model of it. Cause I think too, the other thing is when you're looking at it 2d, it's like so much different. Like I want a stomach, I want to move the intestine. Oh like my. I want like a child's toy of like the intestine. You know what's so funny? Um, I went I went to visit one of the companies um that makes these instruments. Yeah. And they had these unbelievable three D printers. Oh yeah. And I and we asked if they could make us like models of them. Yeah. Because I've never seen a three D model of a bypass. Right. It'd be so cool. Cause I like, I'm also like a tactile person. Yeah. So I think and you know again this is such. You're so used to looking at it in 2D. Yeah. But then it's like, yeah, trying to think of it in like the body cavity and where are we? What are we looking at? And, and all of it. that. And like, oh, you're turning it this way, but it all looks flat. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think it'd be cool. Because I even like, I don't remember why. Oh, yesterday someone sent me something about a different like type of bypass, like a mini bypass. Oh, yeah. And it's the Omega Loop one, and I yeah. was like, I don't know. And so I was, like, looking at it, so then I was trying to compare it, and in my mind, I was like, what? Okay, wait, what? Like, I know, I know. Yeah. It's, there, it's a lot, but, um, Hannah, can I ask you something? Yeah. So my birthday is May 18th. I know that. And I want you to find me that for my birthday. Can you get a 3D a um, <laughs> image of the bypass Yeah, hi, let me call, like, what, Epicon? Who do you think can print that for oh, me? Oh, no, but you were so resourceful. Like, I've never met anybody <laughs> gonna, quite like it's you. It's going to be, like, a felt model that I make. <laughs> But it, but I would, it would warm my heart. Oh my god! No, I think, I think I could do that. I could sew a little felt model. Oh my gosh! Well, we maybe could, like whenever we have our ready like, printed super fancy. Oh my gosh! What we need <laughs> to do? Be the Michael's craft store version. <laughs> well, as long as it's hot pink, I'll be happy. So that that would be totally fine. So um yeah, and and by the way, when I'm sewing on this part, um, it's it's sort of this is the part of the case where. I mean, honestly, like you can see it's so routine that this is where we really, we talk the most yeah. because it's such muscle memory that I can talk about anything and not even realize that I'm sewing. And when you first start to do this, so I started to do this in 2007. Mm -hmm. God, I'm getting old, you guys. That's a whole different, I shouldn't bring up my birthday. It's just yeah, right? a touchy subject. But um, when I first started to do this, I mean, I forgot, like I've told you, like you forget to bend your knees. Oh yeah. You forget to, um, you're like clenching your jaw. Like you're uh -huh. so, your tongue is hanging out of your mouth. Your mouth is so dry. You're about to vomit. Like what is happening? Oh my God. And now it's like, oh yeah. You yeah. know, it's like, da -da -da. Do, do, sew it up. I know. And I, I remember I had an amazing mentor and I was like, oh, this is the part where I kind of go on um, autopilot. And he was like, you better not go on autopilot, but I do think I do well on autopilot because it's yeah. like sort of like, all right. Well, I think with this part, you're not moving around. Like you're just in this one little spot, mm -hmm. you know, too. So it's not like you're worried about, okay, am I grabbing the right thing? Exactly. I, you know, I can see everybody's hands on screen. Yeah. Again, my assistant's left hand is holding that camera. Her right hand at this point, she's just chilling out. And then um, it's my left and my right hand. That's I'm right-handed. So I'm sewing yeah. with my right hands and my left hand is just sort of, Pulling, yeah, yeah retracting for myself, traction, counter traction, yin and yang, lifting, pulling, 
all that kind of stuff. So now she's just going to hold the backside. So I just remember there was that little tiny hole I, I checked mm -hmm. out. So I'm, I just go beyond the front side a little bit onto the back side just to make sure that I um, get some good, decent bites here. And now I'm going to try to sew this like X's, like a baseball stitch, if you will. And so, um, so I want to make sure I come out right in the middle. I get all the layers. Um, the strength layer of a anastomosis is the submucosa. So as long as I have the, mu the mucosa, I get the submucosa, which is underneath the serosa. So there are layers to many things and you wanna make sure that you incorporate all of that so that this doesn't dehiss or leak or break down or um, have you know any, any issue. So this is another um, great thing here. Let's bring it into the diet nutrition. Yeah. So you see, this is literally a needle and thread. And yeah. this is what I'm closing it with. These sutures are amazing sutures and um, they, you should be good in just a few days, but you can see why if you were to eat a right. steak and or like a big heavy bolus of food. Yeah. You see it would you can hurt and, you could, and you could, you could, you could pop that or, or, or whatnot. So, yeah. I mean, please. that's don't, yeah, don't, yeah. Please, please do your liquid diet. Yeah, follow you see now why, like, oh, that's frightening, and why I don't want you, like, eating a piece of broccoli, because you're just going to get super gassy, and you're going to feel like you're having yeah. a heart attack if something's stuck there. Because that will, like, merge together, like, the tissues will grow together. Yeah, yeah, very quickly. It's it's pretty incredible how quickly they they start to heal together. So, this is another um, public service announcement about, um, about smoking. Mm. So... People wonder, well, why can't I smoke after surgery? Well, the sleeve, not the greatest, but not as bad. But you can see this bypass here. This is so tiny and it has such a small blood supply. And with smoking nicotine, it causes vasoconstriction. Mm -hmm. And so you can see how that could really constrict um, that blood supply. And ischemia results in um, some gastritis or inflammation uh -huh. or ulceration. And the ulcers can even perforate. Yeah. So pretty much the people who have perforated marginal ulcerations are almost always somebody that smokes. So, and it doesn't have to be a lot either. Yeah. You can just be here and there a social smoker. Yeah. You know, that can be, that can be really um, something. So that's the one thing I'm very, I'm very cool about many, many things. I'm like, ah, it's yeah. fine. You ate that. You did that. Yeah. Like, ah, don't worry about it. You don't have to, I'm not the food police by any means, but right. I am the smoking police because I've seen people almost die from smoking because this thing can just, it just constrict off the blood flow. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, also things that I consider, and again, these are things that we tell people like early on after surgery is like. Just anything that's, like, irritating to the stomach. So, like, super acidic foods. Um, you just It's just as irritating. Ca coffee and caffeine. Mm. So, whether it's decaf or regular coffee. Like, coffee itself is just a stomach irritant. It's yeah. going to bug you. So, like, I'm not saying you can't ever drink coffee again. But give it, like, at least a couple weeks before yeah. you get into that. Like, you'll be okay. I know I'm a coffee drinker. Like, I, I get it. But... Both of those things just can be really irritating or like, again, acidic foods, maybe like citrus fruit might bug you or tomatoes, tomato soup, those types of things. Exactly. Like, again, it's, we're, they're not bad foods and you can totally have them, but just let this like settle. So, you know, sticking to kind of a more bland kind of thing for the first week or so. And for the most part, you're going to be drinking protein shakes anyway. So exactly. it's not like, uh... Exactly. And the caffeine, if you're doing regular coffee, um, remember it can dehydrate you and yeah, it's you, exactly. And you see how 
tiny bit stomach is and now you can kind of understand how it is hard to you get filled up on liquids at mm -hmm. first you're not used to your stomach being this tiny little thing you're yeah. used to that big area so it's like wow i feel very full with very small amounts mm -hmm. or maybe you don't um but uh you think you don't but then if you push it be, be yeah. very careful be very very careful yeah all right, so um, there it is. That is the gastrojejunostomy. You see the candy cane um, tip here? Uh -huh. That's the blind and end of the rule so limb. Going down that way. Exactly. Uh, okay. so, so food will go down the stomach pouch. Uh -huh. There's the anastomosis through that pouch and directly into the small intestine there as well. All right, so I'm having the anesthesiologist. He's pushing down um, the vasigi. And um, it was uh, it was in there, or else or maybe he's coming right now. Um, let's see here. Oh, here he comes. Um, so he's pushing. Oh, yeah. You can see kind of the movement on the inside. There it comes the 32 French, and then it went right th right on through. Beautiful. There it is. And I just wanted to show the tip, and I'm just going to have him park that there for now. So now I'm rotating the rulim laterally, and I'm going to lift up. This is the transverse colon. This is the tinea coli. That kind of that line right there. And then I am going to lift up the transverse colon's um, mesentery. It's called the mesocolon there. And this is the mesentery of the rule limb. And then there's kind of uh, the base there. So you see this hole right here. This is Peterson's hernia defect. And this is where 99.9% .9 of all internal hernias happen. The small intestine will go in here. And okay. this is now here because I brought up this piece of intestine. So this is sort of man-made if you will for right. me it's woman made whatever um where i brought this um up here and so now there's this new hole that wasn't there before that okay. space wasn't there so and so i have to first string it. string you got it so i have to go to the base of um where all those mesenteries kind of meet and then i um i will go there as well and then what i'm doing is um i'm going to um first string this together and that will um, kind of obliterate that space again. I'm gonna suture that down. My assistant's holding up to get to that area. It's actually kind of hard to find this sometimes. Like she doesn't have much fat, but sometimes there's a lot again, that heavy momentum. Oh, so yeah. just imagine just lifting that, having her steady it, and me trying to get this, that little hole obliterated is, can be kind of challenging. And then I, um, I did that as well. Um, so there we go. Um, that's going to um, close there. And then after this, just to set you up for this, um, we are going to be doing the leak test. Oh, yes. So do you want to explain that? Yeah. So they, so she has to make sure that there's no leaks, right? Up at the um, GJ anastomosis. You got it. Gastrojejunostomy. Yes. Getting good. Um, and so what they do is they have that tube down from anesthesia in there. And he is going to, or she is going to blow, bub, blow air into it. Blow air. And you're going to have the, the, I don't know if you do it or the assistant, assistant. irrigates. They're going to pour, put water over that or saline. Exactly. It's water. Water. And then if there's any bubbles, that means there's a leak. So um, if there's no bubbles, there's no leak. Exactly. You, you nailed it. To go. So yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to clamp it beyond it so that pressurizes it so that we can really blow it up oh, and yeah. try to force out. If I see that bubbling, then yeah. it's not airtight. I will go back in. I will sew and fix that hole so I don't leave oh, yeah. until I am positive that it, that is a 360 degree. So and I'm using a stapler as a clamp. No staples in no it. No staples. Yeah. No. I'm not going to fire here. Nobody, no don't fear. Worry. Yeah. 
And then you see my assistants at the ready with the uh -huh. um, irrigators, kind of like a trumpet. Dun, 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 dun. Here we go. And so then you're going to see the anesthesiologist. Uh, once I say go, he's going to blow it. You're going to know um, instantly. Yeah. Oh, there, there it goes. Go. And this is at um, 35 millimeters of mercury of pressure because he actually has a valve that he can tell. And that's like the perfect amount so that you don't like blow it off. You know, like, yeah. So it gives you enough pressure that you can see if there's any um, holes in there. And then um, I'm also dunking the tip there. So anywhere there's a stapler. So I can check this one. It's true. I cannot check the um, JJ anastomosis. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I was doing suturing, so there's some of that as well. Right. I was going to say, it's different than that. Yep. And so he decompressed it. He's done blowing. And he's going to completely remove that. And he's going to um, remove that from the body and throw it in the trash awesome. can now. And so now what I want to do is, in addition to there being some gas pains, there can also be this fluid up here can be very irritated to the diaphragm and the left shoulder. And so I want to, it's almost like ladies, when you have your period and there's like some blood in the pelvis, uh -huh. it's like, you'll have that fluid in there. And that's where you get that kind of crampy, mm. like, Ooh, pressure, soreness. So yeah. I'm doing everything to suction this very, very, very dry. And I'm looking again here and I'm going to look at that, that there's the GJ. It looks pretty good. I'm going to cover it up with um, this cute little omentum blankie, blankie, the blankie that I made on um, the body's band-aid. So I always just kind of put that on there. And I'm also going to take off the um, this little liver retractor here. It's called a Versa band. And I just unclip that from the right cruise of the diaphragm. And then um, it's... Is, remember, it went through the abdominal through needle, yeah. so she just has to cut. I have it like snapped into place, so that kind of hammocked it up perfectly there. And so when she unsnaps that, I'm going to remove this from the body. And then here it comes. It's just going to all come out now. I had to grab it just right, otherwise it gets stuck. It came out. And now after this, I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at the JJ now to make sure that the JJ doesn't have any ooze because it almost always does. Oh, I took, I went over here. I wanted to show you guys. Here's the gallbladder. I told oh. her, look over there. That was the gallbladder. <laughs> and now I'm going to show for it. I was. And then I'm like, oh, there's like a little, see, there's always like a little ooze when we come okay. back to it. This is where you put the little clippies. So I'm going to put a little clip there and um, it's already kind of clotting, but I'm still going to put a few clips just to make sure that this is hemostatic. And again, if you have some blood per rectum, if that's normal, a, a lot of it, or if you feel like you're going to pass out or you do pass out, that is not normal. Yeah. Um, but a little bit of... Um, bloody it's just from this ooze from the stable line it can be common so you just have to stay hydrated and and get all your fluids in there as well so that jj looks really good i'm happy with Tuck that away. tucking that away Tuck as well night. everything looks so pretty and then i'm going to go into watch out we're going to get seasick here for a second she's going to go into um this trocar and she's going to look in the pelvis for me and i just make sure that there's not a lot of fluid in the pelvis either i always try to yeah. Really suction this dry, really look up at the um, air and all, take out all the uh, gas rather, um, so that you don't have those um, discomforts. Yep. And now, finally, I am going to use the suction and I'm just sucking um, out this, new, it's called pneumoperitoneum, and I'm making oh. sure that there it is. That's how the abdomen would work there. Oh, just like. Yep, I make it as flat as I can. So that when patients are complaining of gas pains, I have, I try my best. I squeeze, squeeze what I can. Yeah. I try, I try, but yeah. what you can do to help with gas pains, get up and walk. Yep. You can also, um, use some gas sex. Mm -hmm. And then if you're having incisional soreness, Tylenol extra strength, these are the things that we recommend always listen to your program yeah. as well. I was going to say like, always like put your hands up in the air too. Yeah. Like sometimes like don't, don't really, you don't want to like rip anything, but like, that can help to kind of open up that space 
a little bit. Yeah. Because a lot of times we're like hunchy, hunchy. When yeah. We're in pain. It's like. Yeah. And it will pass. And wiggle it around. Yeah. Just and, a little bit. And you will pass out that gas. So she had a, yeah. she had a fart. She had some gas yeah. in the colon. She had the gas on the outside. Things slowed down. Yeah. You might have diarrhea. You might be very, very constipated. So yeah. you can see all the complexities of the beautiful GI tract. I don't know why everyone's not as in love with the GI tract <laughs> as I am. I love I it. I mean, maybe the last 20 years of your life that have been dedicated to it. Totally. Um, like, look at <laughs> this thing. have something to do with it. Yeah. Peristalsis. I just think, I just can't oh, get yeah. enough. If you don't know, peristalsis is the movement of your GI tract where it goes... Oh yeah. Yep. And it, it just gets everything down. Again, that propelling forward from mouth to anus, we that want, is what we want. We want that direction. Yeah. That right direction, not the wrong. And never. No. no reflex, no obstructions, nothing regurgitating, no. vomiting. No, forget it. We want it to go forward. The right direction. Yes. Well, that was a bypass. Yeah. And um, who knows? Maybe there will be Dr. X dietitian branded 3D models of stomachs. My gosh, everyone, you need to have one. If you're having the surgery, you have to yeah. have one on your um... Obviously, so you can explain it to people and you're going to hold up the G, the GJ is here. And then you'll be like, and then there's the JJ. Oh and God. so they're still close to each other. No. No, they're still now far apart. They look close to each other on that screen. On that. Um, They share a mesentery because remember that was yeah, yeah. once connected. But the, the GJ is 100 centimeters from the JJ. Okay. So it's. Yeah, it's down, down there. Mm-hmm. And then the old stomach just stays right where it was. It stays where it was. And so that's another great point because people always say like, what happens to it? Does it shrivel up and die? Mm-hmm. Um, does, you know, does it just free, does it float away? As you can see, it does not really like that yeah. on the inside, but the cartoons make it look like it's just, yeah, just it's hanging out. Floating. Yeah. It's not floating. You can see that. It's, it's attached. Still has to all its blood vessels and exactly. everything. Exactly. It's very rich blood supply supply, and um, it's still functioning. So it's still yeah. doing what it always does. It's just no longer storing food. It's not getting any food into it. Yeah. So lots of things. Yeah. And uh, we need to do <clears throat> um, episode guides that are uh, dedicated to the sleeve and to the bypass. Yes. We have some already with the bariatric basics, but more coming your way. Yeah. So we appreciate you watching us yeah. or even just listening. And maybe you're, the curiosity is going to get you and you're going to head over to our YouTube <laughs> channel and watch it as well. Yes. But next week we're doing a revision. So um, we want you to be educated and informed. And if you have any questions, you can always um, DM us on Instagram. We're Dr. Yeah. X Dietitian there. And make sure to go to our website, sign up for our uh, episode guide, our email. So you'll get those automatically to your email, drxdietitian.com. Comment on YouTube, like us, follow us, subscribe. Whatever platform you're listening to, if you love us, throw us a review. That would make us happy, too. A little shameless moment there. But we were so excited to be doing these. And hopefully you guys are enjoying the videos. Let us know what you think of it. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.